from that God. Killjoy God. This is the God that wants to take all of our fun, doesn't want us to have any fun at all. That was the second week. And then last week we talked about heartless God. Why do bad things, why does evil exist, why do bad things happen? And uh, we, um, we actually said this, what if, what if the God that you walked away from or somebody you know walked away from never existed in the first place? Like, that's not a bad thing. And in fact, all these gods that we're talking about, these are actually, we think they're false gods, so a God, an idea of God that somewhere we learned along, the, along our, our life that this is how God is supposed to respond. Um, but really, this is not, this is, these, these gods aren't really gods. They're, they're man-made ideas that we come up with, no, nothing more than an idol or an idea of God. And we're showing that there's, God is so much better than all these things. And so today we're in part four. We're going to talk about the next one is this is Goosebump God. We're going to talk about what, what is it like when you don't feel God. Goosebump God, you can call him boyfriend God um, or girlfriend God. You know, it's this idea that you, you when you first have a, you know, start a relationship with somebody, you have these, you know, these emotions that you never felt before. And it's like, oh, man, you, you hold hands for the first time. And I remember holding my wife's hand for the first time. And it was like just this electric, you know, like it's a crazy atmosphere. And you're like, man, this is new. This is different. Um, it's just this experience. as a very emotional experience. And a lot of times people... Sometimes people have these experiences in church. Some people don't. And if you're here today and you think like, you know, people are singing, they're raising their hands, they're emotional, they're into it. I just didn't feel anything. Uh, that's okay. Uh, we, we, we don't want to pressure you to ever feel anything. And, you know, we might ask a question like, is this, is it me? Is there something wrong with me? Are these people faking it? Like, I don't know if I really believe. Um, that's all right. We welcome your, your, your doubts and your questions. And uh, we, we'll, we're going to talk about that. Why do some people feel? Why do people don't? And really we're asking the question when it comes to goosebump God is, why don't we always feel God? And, uh, and people walk away from this case and say, well, you know, I prayed, I asked him to help me, especially in a time of trouble, and he just didn't show up. I didn't, I didn't feel his presence. I didn't think he was around at all. He didn't care. Uh, so I gave up on God a long time ago because he, I just I don't feel him. I, I don't feel him like I want to. And so it would be easy to, to ask, you know, especially when you're going through something hard. Those are the times you, you want to know, is God really there? Does he care? And hopefully by the end of this message, we're going to show you that he does. And sometimes those moments are actually he's, he cares the most. And if you pay attention, you can actually see what he's trying to do. Um, if, you're, if you're not a Christ follower, uh, we hope that by the end of the service, you would consider uh, taking a step of faith, saying, I, I want to trust God with my life. And maybe you walked away from one of these gods, maybe this guy that we're talking about today, you, just, you didn't feel him, you didn't, you didn't know if he, you, you questioned his existence because you didn't feel his presence all the time. And we're, we're hopefully at the end of the service, you'll, you'll give God another chance. So if that's you here today, we're, we've been praying for you, and, and we hope that uh, you'll be challenged to be able to take a step towards, towards God. We'll give you an opportunity at the end to do that. Um, but here's the thing, did you know when it comes to feelings, did you know that we are least aware of things that are most constant? How many of you guys woke up this morning and said, whoa, gravity is really working good today. Like, this is awesome. Like, man, this gravity, you're so good. Or um, when you're in a room, how many of you guys in this room are like, like the, the temperature in here is just perfect. It's like so amazing. Anybody mention to say that to yourself? Like you notice the temperature? Why? Because it's constant. You don't pay attention to things that are constant. Like if it was hot and then cold, hot and cold, you'd be like, you know, the fan's out and you're like, oh, it's hot. And then the air conditioner kicks on and you're like, oh, my jacket is cold. You notice when there's fluctuation, you know there's difference. But when it's constant, you just don't really notice. How many of you woke up this morning and said, man, I feel like a Santa Fe in today? Anybody? <laughs> But we don't wake up and say these things because it's, it's constant. It's, it's always there. And I, I believe God is the same way. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an idea that we talk about God. Um, we say he's omnipresent. He means he's everywhere all the time. Like you cannot escape God's presence. He's everywhere all the time. But why don't we always fill him all the time? Well, that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to walk through some of that. Um, but, but we don't always pay attention to those things. And here's the thing with, with, with feelings. Um, if you don't feel God, and maybe you're asking, why don't I feel God all the time? There's a few things that it might be we're going to talk about. One of these is culturally. I think it's more of a cultural thing than actually some scriptures. All those scriptures talk about it. But maybe we don't feel God because we are over-sensationalizing it. 
We've, we as a culture, we, we value and we, we, we live by feeling so much that it actually can be very dangerous for us. And there's two extremes to this. Like if you're here and you don't feel anything, uh, maybe you're very stoic and you just don't let things get to you because you don't want to hurt, you don't want to, to worry those things. Um, that'd be another extreme of this. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll show you that, that emotions are okay. God gave them to us. They're not bad. But there are some parts that do lead to, uh, that are negative and that do lead to bad things. And sometimes maybe we don't feel God because we're over sensationalizing it. We're making it a bigger deal than it has to be. That we have to feel something all the time. Because the truth is, I just don't feel some certain ways sometimes. Um, when, when it comes to Tuesdays and Thursdays, I don't always feel like going to exercise, but I push myself to do it because I know it's important. I don't always feel like being a dad. I, I guarantee all you moms in this room, there's days you wake up and you're like, I just don't feel like being a mom today. I want to just sleep in. I don't, I don't want to have to get up and clean messes and do all this stuff. And we so appreciate moms that you, you keep going, you keep doing it. But there's times we don't feel those things. And here's the dangerous part of our culture. We're so, we're so into feelings and what feels good and what feels right. And if we don't feel it anymore, if we don't feel it, it's easy to walk away from. But those, those ideas, when we don't feel it and we walk away from th- things, we can actually be potentially walking away from things that we really want. Uh, this could be healthy relationships with people. Well, we just don't really feel it anymore. We lost, we lost the spark. We don't, you know, I, I'm not, I, I fell out of love. I don't, I don't feel in love. I don't feel this. You buy a car and it's like amazing, right? You have this new car or, or new clothes or new shoes, whatever. And it's like, yep, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty awesome. And then the feelings start to fade, right? And you're like, ah, I need a new car to feel better again, right? And, and it, those, those tendencies can lead us into more debt, more challenges, more problems. Um, and it's easy to walk away from things because we don't feel it anymore. And when, when we become people that, that, that live by feelings and instant gratification, it's dangerous uh, because those can lead us away. And we're going to talk about feelings and why they do it. I'm going to show you that, you know, back in Jesus' day, people are way different than, than now. Like we've, we've, you know, evolved way much better than them and we don't worry about these things. Um, but, but they did back in the day. And they, they came to Jesus one time and, and they, in John 6, it says this, um, 30 through 31. So they asked Jesus, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe in you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. So God did some miracles for them, our ancestors. And, and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And so they come to Jesus and they say, you know, God did some great things for our ancestors. They, they experienced his presence. He did some amazing miracles, some things that, that they, they knew the proof of God that it was there. So what are you going to do for us, Jesus, to show us that you're real? Just like many of us, right? Uh, I say we evolved. This is the same struggles we still have. 2,000 years ago, they have the same ones. I need to feel it. I need to see it. I need, to, I need something for my, for, for my life right now. Prove it to me. And so they wanted Jesus to be like a, a magi- magician and just do a magic trick in front of them so that they could believe that he really was God, the Son of God. But here's the interesting part about this whole story. is The day before this, Jesus fed all these people that just asked him for a miracle. He fed them bread and fish. It's, it's called the miracle of feeding the 5,000. So they were on a hillside, and there was all these people that came out to watch him, and they were far from, uh, they were, they were, um, there wasn't enough food to feed everybody, so he performs this miracle and feeds 5,000 men, which most likely is probably between 10 and 20,000 people that, that was fed that day. That's a lot of people who just saw this, experience this miracle. Jesus gets in the boat that night. They go across, across the, the lake to their side. The people wake up in the morning, and they think, hey, the guy that provided all the food for us, he's gone. Let's go find that guy. We want some more food. So they cross the lake, and they say, hey, Jesus, so what are you going to do for us today to show us you're really God? Like, prove it to us. Come on, prove it to us. And he's like, I just showed you a miracle yesterday. Like, did you forget about that? He didn't say that. But in, in the process, that's, that's what we can deduct is these people missed, even when God showed up and, they, and satisfied something that they had, they wanted more of it. They, they were, and this is what he says. If you continue reading on, he says, you're only looking for me because you ate and had your fill yesterday. Not because you really want to know me. 
Not because you really want to know if I'm God. He's saying, you just want me to satisfy something in your, in your life. And a lot of times when we, when we begin to question God's existence because we don't fill him, it's really because we want him to show up and fix something that we're, we're struggling with. We're, we're, there's a filling in our life that's happening, and we want to try to, God, would you be the, 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 the fix for the, 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 what I need right now? Just, just fix this for me. Take it away. Take away the pain. Take away the loneliness. Take away whatever. And because he doesn't show up when we want him right away, that beyond the man God that we talked about, we begin to question God's existence because I don't feel him. I don't, I don't feel him. And the sad thing is because we don't feel God and, we, don't, and we, have, we have a need in our life for him, instead of continuing just to wait and to, to, to search for him, we actually try to fill those needs with other things like drugs and alcohol, um, addictions, uh, relationships, maybe casual sex. It can, we try to fill all different kinds of things in our life to try to fill those needs. But those things never satisfy it's just an attempt for instant gratification to make me feel better right now. And this is what the people who are saying. All right, Jesus, show us, show us these miracles. You know, we, we need to feel it. We need to see it right now. Like, do this now so you can, you can satisfy something we need. And it was a legitimate need. Like, there was a lot of hungry people in Jesus' day. Like, they, they didn't know where the next meal was coming from. So when he provides something that they really needed, they wanted it again the next day. But he's saying, no, you're missing the point. It's not just, I'm not just showing you something so you can feel good about yourself. I want to do something in you. Second part of this is maybe when we don't feel God, maybe it's because we have hard hearts. And this is something we really need to evaluate in our lives because the Bible says that sin actually will keep us away from God. And hard hearts keep us from experiencing God's presence and experiencing God's best for our life. In fact, in Matthew, Jesus, he quotes the prophet Isaiah, and he says it like this. He says, um, actually quotes prophet Jeremiah. He says, um, when you, no Isaiah, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So he's, he's talking about the religious people who are, who are the same thing, demanding signs, demanding Jesus to prove himself as God. But their hearts are so hard, they're actually not even experiencing what God is doing. Their, their eyes are closed to the very fact that God is there, and they're missing him the whole time. Because their hearts are hardened. See, this is, this is the problem with sin. Is it, it sometimes can creep in, and sometimes it's subtle. We don't even realize it's there. Sometimes, you know, it's, it, we get comfortable with sin in our life, like... Uh, gossip. Uh, you know, we don't always think of that as a sin, but it, it, talking about others in a, in a negative way is not good. That creeps in. That, that keeps us from knowing God's best in our life. Or maybe it's a lying. It's just a white lie. No, that, that Bible says that's sin because it breaks down relationships. It hurts relationships. Envy, gluttony. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's laziness. Whatever it is, we get lazy. We get comfortable with these things, and we, they creep in. And before we know it, we don't, we don't feel God. And there's a good reason, because our hearts have become hardened, and we actually don't even sense his presence anymore it's, it's keeping us from him uh one one theologian said it like this um so god's present all the time but sometimes there's there's this, there's this hiddenness in god that he does like he veils himself so we don't always experience his presence all the time and the reason he hides himself from us is so we have an opportunity to hide ourselves from him if we want this is what adam and eve did and they, they hid themselves from god it says that they they chose a different path so god wasn't looking over their shoulder gave them freedom to make their choice because he wasn't present they made the wrong choice they chose the opposite of god and then they felt guilt they felt shame and it says they hid from god and they chose something to, to stop them um it goes on to say this and matthew's quoting, quoting the prophet isaiah so their eyes cannot see their ears cannot hear their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let them and let me heal them so God is wanting to heal people because of sin, because their hearts are hard. They, they don't, we don't allow God when we have sin in our lives, when we insulate. It'd be the same feeling as um, when you're in winter, when it's really cold. You put on a hat, you put on gloves, you put on a jacket, you put on all your winter gear. All of a sudden, as soon as you're suited up, you no longer feel cold. 
right? Because you've insulated yourself from the cold. Sin does this very thing to our life. It insulates us and keeps us from knowing God's presence in our lives and our best in our lives. So if you don't feel God's presence, one of the questions you have to ask, okay, am I, making a, am, am I relying too much on feelings at this point? Or has my heart become hard because I've allowed things that God doesn't want in my life in my life? And now I become hard towards God. And I would ask, your, ask yourself, this is a good question always to filter through, and saying, is there something in my life I've done that's keeping me from experiencing God's best? And the third thing is, if you don't sense or feel God's presence, maybe it's because God doesn't want you to in this moment because he wants to draw you closer to him. Maybe, maybe he wants to accomplish something in this moment for your good and for my good. Uh, maybe maybe he's, he's saying, well, you just trust me. Uh, Acts says it like this, Acts chapter 17, the book of Acts, um, uh, Luke says it like this. He says, from one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit, inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times and history and the boundaries of their lands. So God is saying he marked it out like you're, there's not, it's not an accident that you are in Santa Fe at this moment. That you live in, in the country of the, the United States at this moment. He marked them out. And he did this. He's trying to orchestrate something in our lives. And he says it like this. He did it because so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not even far from any one of us. So Lucas Thomas and Acts, he's saying, he's saying God did this. He put us in different situations and places, not, not so we could struggle and suffer, but so we can actually reach out for him and seek after him and try to find him. It's, it's actually an invitation for us to know God. So we don't sense God. Maybe it's God's invitation of saying, do you want me in relationship with me or do you just want the things that I can give to you? Like, are you just coming to me so you can have money? Are you coming to me just so you can have food? This is what the, the people were doing in the story, of, right? They just wanted him to satisfy a need. And so when we don't sense God, maybe God is asking us the question, would you push in and would you continue to seek even though you don't feel and you don't sense this? Because if you push through, that means you want something to be more than just an instant thing. You want something God has for your life. Jeremiah tells us, the prophet Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me. This is God speaking to the people of Israel through Jeremiah. You'll seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So he, God makes this promise to the people of Israel. He says, if you will seek me wholeheartedly, you will encounter me. You'll find me. So when we don't sense God, fill God. If we will push and seek him, eventually we will we'll find him. What's interesting about this promise that he gives us, there's another famous promise that comes with it. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. It's a great promise God gives us that we should stand on and we should hold to it, that he has good plans for our lives. But the whole chapter starts off like this. God's saying, all right, you're going to be in a foreign nation, taken as, 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 as uh, captured from, captives of war. You're going to live in a foreign nation that's not your own, and you're going to be there for 70 years. And while you're there... Build houses, expand your family, and, and seek the peace of your city. And he says, in 70 years, I'm going to show up. And he says, don't give up. What he's telling the people of Israel is, even when you go through this hard time, this difficult time, that you're not going to maybe believe that I'm good and I'm, I'm God. Just, just push through. Don't give up. Because at the end of 70 years, I'm going to come rescue you. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to reestablish you. I'm going to do some good things for you. And in this, in this promise that we have, well, it's great. God's promises to, we'll find him. But it's also that sometimes we're not going to fill him, but if we push through and seek him, he'll do something in our lives. You know, it's, it's, it's like a treasure hunt. In fact, Jesus even compares it. The kingdom of God is like, like hidden treasure that we have to look for. See, when, when we have something in front of us fully present, um, we don't have to seek after something that's fully present. We only can seek and look for things that are, are hidden from us, like a treasure. You know, you don't, if, if you have the treasure in your possession, you don't have to go looking for it. But if it's in the ground, if it's in, if it's in, the, in, in a cave, whatever it is, 
you have to go search and seek it out so that you can get it in your life. Things that are hidden are the things you have to look for, not the things that are present. So when we don't feel God, maybe it's God's invitation of saying, do you really want me or you just want things? What, what is it here? Um, and when it comes to feelings, here's what we have to know about our feelings also, is don't believe everything you feel. And this is why, because feelings aren't facts. There are good emotions and good feelings God gives us, and those are good. Um, but even sometimes those, they can mislead us. And there's negative feelings, negative emotions that, that come into our lives, and, and those can mislead us also. We can't, we can't give feelings more authority in our lives than they should have. Just because God is silent doesn't mean he's absent. And just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he's not there. Feelings, they can mislead us. And this is the problem. Uh, sometimes we wake up and we just don't feel it. Uh, how many of you guys are planning tomorrow waking up you know, for, for a job and you're saying, All right, boss, uh, I just don't really feel like coming to work today, so I'm going to stay in bed a little longer. And maybe when I feel like it, I'll show up. Um, your boss would be like, all right, well, go look for another job, right? When we live by feelings, we will eventually find ourselves in, in predicaments and in places that we really don't want to be. Um, feelings are good. They've got, got to give them to us for a reason, but they can mislead us because they're not facts. So don't believe everything you feel, and don't believe everything you think. Another part of this, you can't just believe every thought you have. They, they can mislead us sometimes. Um, they, they, they say this, whenever you're... Whenever you're hungry, they call it halt. Whenever you're hungry, uh, angry, lonely, or tired, don't make like major life decisions. Um, like if you, if you even shopping, like I know that's not a major life decision. <laughs> Maybe for some of you, when I go shopping, that is sometimes a major life decision because it takes me forever to get to the store. My wife goes and she's like, bam, 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 like let's go, and I'm like, where is this stuff? And I'm asking everybody like, where do you find? Okay, so when you're shopping, if you're hungry you're going to buy a lot more stuff than you really went in there for and it messes with your budget, all right? If you're hungry, you're going to just buy everything that looks good, everything that smells good, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like last year I had that. That was so good. And maybe it wasn't that good, but you buy it anyways. Um, so they say don't make major decisions if you're hungry, if you're angry, if you're lonely, or if you're tired. Why? Because those feelings can mislead you to do something, can lead you to quit a job. It can lead you to break, up, break off a relationship that's made possibly a really good relationship, Maybe, maybe uh, walk away from things that, that are good in your life because you live by, by emotions, not by, by facts. Um, Adam and Eve, uh, God gave them the ability to make a choice like he does uh, all of us. He gives us free will to make this choice. He says, your choice, you can, ha- you can do my way or you can do your way. And Adam and Eve chose their way and it misled them. Uh, and here's the thing. If you notice Adam and Eve, they, they gave in to temptation when they were alone. God wasn't present. And in fact, Eve gave in to temptation when Adam wasn't present. Um, when we're alone, when we're lonely, sometimes those feelings can, we can, we can um, justify ourselves to do things or to get into things that aren't good for us because, well, we just we feel it. We feel alone, so we try to fill it with something else. And we live that way, we actually neglect some things God wants to do in our lives. Um, it, it's like our, our culture is so driven by performance, and this is the danger of church because, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, it becomes religion and things we have to do. Uh, we're so driven by performance that we think it's all about the things we're doing but what happens to performance is performance is a lot about right now, immediate. God's principles aren't always performance. Like what we do is important, but his is more about fruitfulness in our lives. Like what is your life producing? Like are you producing other healthy things in your life? Um, like, like a tree produces more trees, right? An apple tree produces more apple trees. Are you producing other healthy things in your life? Um, and a tree, we understand farming. You don't plant a seed today and hope to get the fruit tomorrow. You plant the seed and you have to wait and work and and, and and do the right things to be able to get fruit or, or, or vegetables or whatever it is in the future. That's the principles of the kingdom of God. It's not about instant right now all the time. 
A lot of times it's God's developing something just so we can get there. Uh, Paul in Colossians, he tells us to be careful of living a, a life that is focused on things and fillings. Like don't, he says it like this, and he says it used to be like this, and now you've become a Christ follower, like put these things away. He says, and that means we have to kill off everything connected with this way of death. Talking about the old way of living. And we, have to, we, have to, we have to cut off, and he gives us a list. Sexual promiscu- promiscuity, uh, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. I love the message paraphrase. It's great. You're, you're grabbing after everything you feel, everything you want. But that's a life that's shaped by things and by feelings, not a life that's shaped by God, instead of a life shaped by God. And God's invitation to us is, he's saying, would you let me shape your life? It'll be so much better than you can imagine because I know how things are supposed to work. In fact, I know what's coming down the road in a month, two months, and a couple years. Just trust me. When you're in, or in a situation you want to get out of and you're praying, God says, hang in there. Hang in there. Don't give up. Just, just trust him for it because he's going to do something. But here's the thing. When, we do, when it comes to not feeling God... It's because we want him to do something for us a lot of times. And then we said the first week, a lot of times, God, rather than doing something for us, he wants to develop something in us. And when, he, when it feels like he's hiding himself from us, it's possible that he's inviting us to say, let me do something in your life. Don't give up. Don't give in to emotions. Don't give in to feelings. He, he wants to help us. Um, because here's, what, here's the truth. Our relationships are always strengthened the most during tough times, not the easy times. And what in your life produces, has produced the best that when it's ease or when there's challenges? When, when you're exercising or when you're sitting and eating? What is in your life is producing something that's healthy for the long term? It's usually when there's a challenge, when there's some kind of pressure or strain. And, and a lot of times it's because we, we, God is trying to build trust in our, in our, in our, in, in, with, with him. Because trust is the currency of relationships. If you can't trust somebody, you can't have a relationship with them. Trust is what it takes to be able to have a relationship. And throughout scriptures, this is what God is trying to establish, is saying, will you trust me with your life? Would you, would you let, me, let me lead you? Um, but when God doesn't show up, we, we want to take it in our own hands and just do our own thing and try to solve it our own way. But his way is always, it's always better. Um, and he wants us to build great relationships. And here's the thing also. When we don't feel God and sense God, maybe God has wanted us to have a healthy relationship with somebody else. You know, a while back, um, we talked to, you know, um, when, when the, the housing market crashed, I told you a little about that story. Um, in, in that time, um, when we look back, sincerely to myself, we just celebrated 15 years of marriage, uh, which is awesome this last week. And, uh, yeah, we celebrate that. My in-laws just celebrated 55 years, and my parents just celebrated 44 years of marriage. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, good, good, yeah, good for them. And we just celebrate 15 years of marriage, and we look back over those 15 years, it was the moments that were tough and challenging is when we became closer together, when we built more trust, when, when, when we grew in our relationship. Why? Because in easy times, we neglect sometimes those things that are really important. But when it's, t- when it's hard, we, we tend to go and embrace others. And when God, when I prayed and said, God, you have to rescue us from this because this is not going down to good. Like, I see that where this is heading, foreclosure and, and my credit being horrible, all this stuff. Like, you have to rescue me. And he's, he didn't step in and rescue me. But out of that, I grew great closer with my wife. I remember we had a conversation because the bank, wouldn't, they weren't working on us. It was hard and uh, all that economy. And they said, here's what you have to do. You have to stop paying. Like, you have to, you have to stop paying on your loans for a long time before they'll even talk to you. I'm like, but we're current. Why can't you just help us get fixed? And it was a weird system. And, and so I didn't want to go that process. My wife just said, hey, so, so what's the worst that can happen? And we talked it out. And I said, well, we could lose the house. You know, first you're like, we lose everything. And then like, no, let's talk about it. What does everything mean, right? Okay, what do we lose? Well, we lose the house. It foreclosed. The bank takes away. We go live with somebody else. 
Um, all right, my parents have a house, your parents have a house, we have family, we can move in. It'll work. All right, that's not a big issue. We can work through it. What else is bad? Well, you take a hit on our credit. All right, how long does it take to build credit? Seven years. All right, then we work for seven years to rebuild our credit and get do it again. And we had this conversation, and in the, mid, in the middle of it, you're so emotional, you're like thinking, we're going to lose everything. It's the worst. The world's about to end. The world's going to end, guys. Let's just, let's just end it. And then you talk through it with somebody, you're like, oh, wow, it's really not that bad. Like, nobody wants that. But at the end of the day, she said, you, have, you, you still have us. Like, you still, we still have Joaquin. At the time, it was just Joaquin. And you have me. What's more important than that? And I'm like, true. Let's do it. All right. And so we, we move forward through the, the process. And it was amazing that in that moment of, of stress and saying, God, where are you? He's saying, just trust me. I'm still there. And I'm going to show up in ways that you didn't think. Through your wife. Through your friends. Through people who are going to encourage you. Through your mother-in-law is going to give you a really strong word. There's another moment in my life after uh, we were getting ready to plant the grove, and I wasn't sure what to do. And it was a big. We stepped out away from a salary. We, I was working side jobs, construction, all this stuff, and I. It, it felt like I was in a fog. Like I just couldn't see anything. I was like, I don't know where's up or down or forward or back. I just know what to do. And I was so overwhelmed. And I met with one of my friends, and uh, we, were, we were talking, and I was sharing a little bit of my heart, and um, and and God spoke something really, really clear to him. And he didn't know he didn't, I didn't tell him I was like in a fog. He just said, "This is what I see in your life." And he gave me this analogy. He said, "Eric, you're you're holding on to this rope, and you're trusting God's going to lead you, but because of the, the clouds and the smoke that you in front of you, you can't see." And he says, I, "I just believe God is telling me. He's telling you don't don't let go of the rope. Just trust Him through this season. It'll be okay." And I'm like, "But I want it fixed now." And he's like, "Well, it's not going to happen now. Just it's going to take some time." And sure enough, it took some time, but we stayed the course. And what God has done because we didn't give up and didn't give any emotion and feelings is pretty amazing. And maybe we don't feel God. It's because he's wanting to develop something in us, not just give us something. Maybe he's trying to develop trust. And how do you develop trust? You have to go through tests. You have to go through trials. This is how God develops character. This is how God develops all the good things that he wants for our lives. It means we have to go through something hard. Nobody wants that. We're all human. We want it easy. But ease doesn't develop anything good in anybody. You heard, hear the, you know, you've heard the saying, um, no pain, no gain. I would say this, more pain, more gain. And the more pain you have, the more you have to realize, if I can make it through this, the more I'll gain from this. And it's true. The people that we admire the most in life are some of the people that went through the most horrendous things. And they came out on the other side saying, I'm still alive. I can still use my life for good. And they keep marching on. And you're like, yeah, that guy, that person has it. That lady, that person, they're good. So here's, here's one of the promises we know about God. He's always present. In fact, the psalmist says it like this, that God is an ever-present help in trouble. God is an ever-present help in trouble. If you ever feel like, all right, God, I don't feel you. I need your help right now, but you're not showing up. I would encourage you, go read Psalm 46. It's a great psalm. Psalm 46, um, this is where the psalmist says this. He's an ever-present help in trouble. And then he lists all these troubles that they're going to go through. And it says, um, but the Lord Almighty, God Almighty is with us. Like, even when we go through these hard things, the Lord Almighty is with us. Like, don't give up. Don't give up. And this is the famous psalm that says, um, be still and know that I am God. Like, so when you don't feel God, it doesn't mean he's not there. He's just saying, trust me in the middle of this. Just, just calm down. Be still. Know that, am I, that I'm God. Maybe you're not feeling me and sensing me because I want you to seek me. Maybe it's because there's something in your life that you need to remove. Maybe because you're making such a big deal of fixing it now and wanting the emotion and wanting the feelings that you're missing out on what I'm trying to do in this. And then maybe I'm wanting to help, have you help, help, have healthy relationships with, with with, with God and with others. It's an invitation. But he says he's our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. 
So here's my challenge for us today. If you walked away from Goosebump God because this, he, he didn't show up when you needed him, you didn't feel his presence, that's okay. That God doesn't exist. He's not there to make us feel good all the time. And in fact, a good loving God doesn't make us feel good all the time. Sometimes he allows us to go through something so that we can come out on the other side stronger, not just soften it for us and not just weaken, it, weaken us. Because the opposite really would be that. It would make us weaker and it would, it would not be the answers we have. Here's a question you ask yourself. All right, so I trust God with a long-term results, the good future, or I trust myself with something immediate that might not pay off in the long run. Your choice. And every single time we feel emotion, we feel overwhelmed, that's really the choice. Do I do something now? Man, chocolate sounds really, really good, but I've been trying to cut back on that. Um, buying some, a new car sounds really, really good, and you try to fill those things with something that's not good? Try it. You'll realize very quickly, man, I have a lot of debt that I really didn't want because I bought something that just made me feel good. And our culture is so enamored and so, so built around feelings and instant gratification, it's easy to be misled by how we feel. And God is saying the, the antidote, the answer to that is just wait. Don't give in. Don't say yes to everything you feel and everything you want. Just stay the course. Keep seeking. Keep trusting. So here's my challenge today. Don't stop seeking. Don't stop searching for God. And don't stop trusting him. When you don't feel him, that's the moment you need to push in the most. Um, when, you don't, when you don't feel like praying, that's usually the moment you need to pray the most. When you don't feel like reading your Bible, that's the moment you need to, you need to dig in and say, God, show me something that's going to help me. When you don't feel like going to church, a lot of times those are the Sundays that you need to be at church because God has something for you. I think he has something for you every Sunday, but those moments you really are fighting against it, I would say show up because there's going to be something in that, and it's not going to be something I say, I promise. It might be, but it's going to be God saying something to you, just saying, all right, you showed up. You put me first. You're, you're, you're inviting me into this. Just just show up. So remember, religion is saying, fix it now. Do all this. Do, do these things. Perform, perform. Christianity is saying, let's work on something that's going to be greater in the future. You want a healthy relationship with others? That's going to take trust. That's going to take time. That's going to take trials and tests to show what's really there. So when God's hidden, it's his invitation to say, just trust me in the middle of all this. You're not always going to fill me. And that's not a bad thing. It can actually be a good thing. But if you pay attention, I'm still there. I'm present in the relationships. I'm present in the scriptures when you read it. I'm present at church. I'm present in your workplace when you don't really even realize it. Somebody will show up. Somebody will do something to encourage you. It's God's way of saying, you might not always feel me, but I'm still there. And I will prove myself. If you seek me, I, you will be found. You will find him. Um, so what, if, what would it look like if we all trusted God for these kind of outcomes? It would be amazing. Um, we said we said that uh, last last week. We said that in Second Peter. Uh, before I get to that, um, as we close service, I, I just want to challenge you to say, just keep seeking, don't don't stop. But if you're here today and you you don't have a relationship with God, maybe you don't feel God. Part of it is because you've isolated yourself because of the choices you made. Um, sin says it separates us. The Bible says sin separates us from God. And maybe there's something in your life that you need to confess and tell God, forgive me for inviting these things into my life. God wants a relationship with you, but it takes us coming to a place where we say, God, forgive me for choosing my own way. I, I want your help. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and he'll forgive us those sins. That if we reach out for him, he's already done the reaching out to us. It's just up and up to us now to say, I need your help. And he wants to help us on this journey. But it's not an instant fix everything. He solves the sin issue instantly. As soon as you confess that God, forgive me, he fixes that. You have a relationship with God. But then the process begins of saying, now let's fix everything else. Your thinking, 
your habits, your living, your talking, your, 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 your mind, mindset, the things that you've been, been thinking about. Let's work on those now. And that's a process. And God is always inviting us to continue in that. So do me a favor. Um, uh, if you're here today, would, uh, everybody, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? But if you're here today and you've tried to do it on your, your own for too long, and today you would say, I need God's help. Today I want to choose God. Today I want to put my trust in him and start this journey. I, might not, I don't know exactly where it's going to lead every single day, but I'm just going to trust in him. I need things fixed in my life. If that's you today, would you do me a favor? Just lift your hand. Let me know you're here. Awesome. I see your hand. Anybody else? See your hand. I see your hands. Awesome. I see your hands. I see your hands. Cool. Anybody else? That's you today. Awesome. More importantly, me seeing your hand. God sees your hand. And that's really, really, really inviting. This is a moment where we say, God, I need your help to make things right. I don't want to live this life without you. Awesome. I see your hands. For all you that raise your hands, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right there in your seat where you're at. It's a simple prayer. It's it's an invitation of relationship to God. We're accepting it. We're starting it. It's a journey where we're saying, God, lead me in this. Paul tells us that if we confess our mouth, that we have sinned, we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the grave, then then we will be saved. And today that's what we're going to do. We're going to confess and we're going to invite God and believe in our hearts that he is God. Would you pray this with me? All of you, raise your hand. If you're a Christ follower, would you join us praying this prayer? Today, say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. I admit that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Would you forgive me? I believe you sent your son to die on that cross for me. I believe you're alive today. Would you come into my life? Would you lead me? Today I put my trust in you. Be my God. I will follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.